Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. If you want your Facebook ad account to be fit and healthy, then disapproved ads are the Diet Coke of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hi there, and welcome to Perpetual Traffic. This is Darren here at the Digital Marketer Studio. This week, Keith and Molly are off on adventures. They'll be back next episode. But today, we have a special treat from the crew at Dominate Web Media. Ralph is going to be joined by Deacon Bradley, Angela Ponsford, and Vanessa Vega. And they are freshly back from the Facebook headquarters with the latest in how to keep your ad accounts in tip-top shape and avoid getting banned. This is episode 127. All right. Hey, this is Ralph. And this week, we have three special guests on the Perpetual Traffic podcast from our awesome agency, the ones that run millions in Facebook ads. We've got two of our awesome senior account managers here who run millions themselves. And then our fabulous operations director who oversees the whole thing and has been a game changer for us this year and growing and and really stepping up our quality. So Welcome to Perpetual Traffic, Angela, Vanessa, and Deacon. What's up, guys? Hey, how are you doing, Ralph? What's up? This is your debut on Perpetual Traffic. Pretty exciting. The reason why we have all four of us on here is that we actually had an event in Austin last week. And as you guys probably know, if you're a longtime listener of the show, the advertising center of the world for Facebook is located right there in Austin. So our awesome partner manager, Sarah actually gave us a a tour day for some of the attendees to the program that we're putting on at a local hotel. And she also, the day before that, took us around and gave us a tour, Vanessa, Angela, myself, and a couple of the other staff members here in the agency, as well as Deacon, and showed us around the place. But also, we sat in for three or four different visits from some of the folks that work closely with us. 
and uh, even talked to some of the higher ups inside Facebook. And one of the biggest things that came out of those meetings was a big talk on policy. It's not something that we've touched on in almost two years here on the show. You have to actually go back to episode 18 from November of 2015. So nothing's really changed since November 2015, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, nothing at all. That's uh, something that I think we've referred to a number of times here on the show is the fact that, yeah, the news feed at Facebook is uh, for advertisers is crowded. In fact, ad load, which is something that we actually talked about as a prediction in 2017, which we're going to be doing a prediction show in just about a week or so here that you as an advertiser, you have to get even more sophisticated to stand out in the newsfeed. And sometimes you actually stand out in the newsfeed by blending in, right guys? We actually had a great presentation from our creative director, Franny, at the program that we were at talking about that very thing. And the big part to the effectiveness of those types of ads is that they stay in compliance with Facebook policy but also look organic and look native, but also get your message across at the same time. So Facebook obviously is growing. There's now 6 million advertisers on this amazing platform, best advertising platform in the world as far as all of us four are concerned. And because of that, more and more folks are coming on as advertisers. So Facebook wants to make sure that the user experience in the newsfeed is as top-notch as possible because they certainly don't want to lose their users. Say that one 10 times fast. So <laughs> super important now, especially if you're a newbie on this platform, to understand that, no, you cannot just come in and say whatever you want in your ads. You have to actually be in compliance with policy. So we'll actually leave uh, links in the show notes for uh, Facebook ad policies. And if you are a regular advertiser on Facebook, I would highly suggest that you bookmark that page because it's updated sometimes every week, sometimes every month. And oftentimes it might be updated. And we in the agency all of a sudden see ad disapprovals downstream for ads that maybe have been running for years and years. So definitely keep in touch on, uh, on what's going on on the policy front. And hopefully here today on the show, we will uh, give you guys a little bit of a high-level view of what to do, what not to do, as well as some uh, personal experience with some of our ad accounts running millions in Facebook ads and all kinds of niches from e-commerce to info products to services to software as a service. So let's get right into it. Okay, so the last time we had talked about this was, like we said before, was episode 18. And we actually gave you guys a, I uh, would go back to that, just maybe a trip down memory lane. And uh, there is a download there, which we call the Ad Account Safety Checklist. And if you do look at that, actually, we'll make a, a link here in the show notes for that as well, just to make it super easy for you guys. But a lot of those changes back then had to do with switching over to business manager. You guys remember when we had to do that? Yeah. <laughs> It was awful. That's right. And then we eventually got it. Now we actually love it. So there were all kinds of changes there. But I mean, there are some basic tenets that are still relevant. But today we'll get into some of the inner workings of what we found out uh, about policy in our meeting with Facebook last week. So maybe Deacon, maybe you can start off with just your thoughts and some of the things that you pulled out of that meeting that we had with Sarah and some of the other folks at Facebook last week in Austin. 
Yeah, so that was really cool to actually get there and sit in the same room with these people and hear them like tell this to you as humans. And I think that's the biggest thing we're often missing as advertisers is we're submitting ads, they get disapproved, and kind of the the general feeling in the the advertiser ecosystem is often one of like, uh, like mom and dad said I can't do this or that. And the cool thing that I actually came out of that meeting with a lot more respect and confidence in Facebook as a platform because it's really clear from their point of view that they're doing all of this so that people continue to use their platform and it continues to be a vibrant place where more and more users are spending more and more of their time. And and these ads that they have some very clear policies that we'll get to in a few minutes, but these policies, if you keep that lens on it of they're doing this because they want this to be a place where people actually want to hang out and they're not just reminded about bad problems all the time with that lens on it. I think it helps you create better ads, but it also really just, gave me a lot more confidence in the longevity of this platform overall. Because we're an agency that really is a mouthpiece for a lot of other advertisers, Facebook realizes that, hey, you know, we can go and affect, you know, the 6 million advertisers that are out there, you know, sort of one by one by one. Or we can really make a concerted effort to focus our efforts on educating ad agencies like us that have multiple dozens, if not, if you include sort of the coaching and consulting side, hundreds of ad accounts that we can potentially affect in a positive way. So they're making a concerted effort to focus their efforts on ad agencies that are not too big. So they're so bureaucratic, so they can't affect any sort of change. Literally, if something happens or changes in policy, we just get on a Slack thread and we change it almost immediately between the, you know, the dozens of us in the agency. So it makes it so much easier for them to affect the majority or as many advertisers as possible by focusing in on the, you know, the relatively nimble agencies such as ourselves. Still controlling you know, millions in ad spend, but definitely affecting things in a positive way in sort of one fell swoop as opposed to doing it one by one by one. If we are not stewards of the platform, which is the way that we sort of approach it, we, you know, we realize that obviously our livelihood is based upon Facebook advertising, but also if we ruin it for everybody else, we ruin the whole platform and then we end up not being able to advertise on it. So Facebook is super sympathetic to this. They understand it. And uh, even though it might seem like mom and dad kind of cracking down on you, like Deacon said, it's really, it's for all of our good because it is an awesome place to hang out. And, you know, as an ad agency, as an advertiser, it's the best advertising platform that there is. Vanessa, what were your thoughts? So what was your takeaway on some of the things that, that we talked about with Sarah and maybe give some insights into some of your ad accounts that are, you know, not necessarily borderline, but they're in niches that Facebook closely monitors. Just maybe some of your thoughts on, on what you came out of that meeting with. I came out of that meeting focusing more on a positive after state instead of focusing on a specific problem. When you're advertising within these more like touchy niches, um, like the health and wellness, beauty is one of them. I know a lot of advertisers almost find it difficult to not mention the problem at hand 
but it's not really in mentioning it that there's a problem. It's in focusing on it. When I'm giving this advice to any customers or to myself, when I'm writing ads, I always try to focus just on the positive after state. So like one of the big things about somebody being on Facebook, you know, they're there to see their friends and family's posts. They're there to have a, a really good time, like just to hang out, you know, in a place that they go obviously to interact in a social environment. They don't want to be reminded of their back pain, for example. So instead of reminding them of their chronic back pain, they want you to focus on what their life would be like without their back pain. So a positive afterstate, sort of giving an example, you, you mentioned back pain. Maybe this is one where we can talk about one of your customers as an account manager here that has had some issues with that. And it's in the health and beauty niche and particularly in, in the makeup space. So personal care, women primarily, and some of maybe the, the problems that you've come up against and sort of what your advice is and how you've been able to remedy that, not necessarily just talking about the positive after state always, but also some of the other things that you've noticed just recently, things that you've done that are more compliant with policy, but have also helped you lower their overall CPA. I have a customer in particular who is in the beauty niche, which is kind of like more of a touchy niche to be in because it's hard to focus on the results without saying the problem. For a while there, we were getting a lot of disapprovals on, for example, before and afters. That was something really huge because, you know, it's something that's really big in their business is showing the before and then showcasing the after. But, you know, obviously that's a no-no in Facebook. And then also another thing that we were getting disapproved on was just calling out certain people's attributes. And this was happening a lot in their like boosted posts and everything. So what we started to notice was it really brought the entire ad account down as a whole. It really started impacting the reach and just the cost of getting through the auction. Shortly after we talked at Facebook, Austin, I went through their actual ad account and I pulled up anything that was rejected I deleted it. And then shortly after I did that, their CPAs actually started going down and the overall health of the ad account just appeared to lift a lot. And it still is, by the way. So it sparked just this huge like aha moment that disapproved ads really do have a huge impact on the bigger picture of things. And that goes for any kind of post that you have disapproved if you boosted it and negative engagement on the page that's tied to your ad account. Yeah, that's super important. I mean, I think one of the big takeaways of this podcast here is that. <laughs> and you know, if you do have disapproved ads that are lurking somewhere in your ad account, go find them and delete them. And I can actually remember back probably prior to the last time we talked about policy in general. This was sometime in 2015 where we actually had an advertiser with thousands of you know ads and probably hundreds of disapproved ads and they were not deleted for whatever reason somehow some quirk of the ads manager the power editor imagine the power editor being quirky i can't imagine <laughs> never and this was you know 3 years ago 2 3 years ago so it's even quirkier then all those ads got magically or diabolically turned back on, which led to an ad account being 
banned. And it had it through no uh, effort of our own, just a really bad situation. So I think that's to the extreme, but we didn't know at that point in time to delete those particular ads. And I think by and large, you, you know, you get caught up with your day-to-day activities and you forget these sorts of things. Oh, I got a disapproved ad. I, I won't delete it. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. delete it later. So go back in and do a little cleanup, I would say, even though it's not springtime and winter is approaching here in the Northeast. Uh, time for maybe a little winter cleanup in your ad account uh, prior to the new year to make sure that you start off on the right foot. For a while there, I wasn't really sure if I should delete those disapproved ads or not, you know, because typically I try not to delete anything that I have any kind of history or any kind of performance-based metrics on. I ended up doing it after we got out of Austin because I really wanted to see how it would impact the account. And lo and behold, it it impacted it in a good way. Because I mean, we always use a lot of that data to analyze past ad campaigns. So through no fault of your own, it was just something that you did and made a positive impact. And you want to get as much data and, and remember what worked well a year ago, you know, and maybe yeah. resuscitate that, you know, particular ad copy or hook or image or video or whatever it happens to be. So big learning there that came out of that meeting with, with positive results already. Angela, tell me about this idea of sort of an overall advertiser score and sort of how they kind of sort of keep track of things and things that maybe are debits in the account and credits in the account, what you might be able to do to actually uh, manage that or even improve that score. From Facebook's point of view, they want to be more transparent about these things rather than it just being one day you get an email saying your, your ad account has been banned and they know that there's maybe you know a shortfall there that they want to start working on trying to engage business owners and tell them when things are going so well. Vanessa touched on it you know before about saying with the boosted posts and it's a really key thing particularly if you have multiple staff that are running ads or if you're an agency that are running certain ads and your client is boosting posts by themselves from the page that is all part of the ecosystem. I think there's this notion that boosted posts are somehow different from setting up an ad in the power editor or ads manager, but they're not. You're putting money behind them to show them on Facebook. And Facebook is seeing these as an integral part of the ad strategy. So simply by someone boosting a post on a page, that can be contributing to that negative score and and essentially getting points deducted from your overall ad account. And I had that exact situation with a client. It's in the health niche. Um, where, you know, we do have before and after, you know, testimonials and shots like that on the website. And also just the ad account, the people that are running the social account, the Facebook page, just not having that understanding of policy. And even though they've been educated on policy, not understanding that they can't just boost any post um, if it's making any claims or if it's got, you know, too much text on an image, anything like that. It all adds up into your advertiser score. So, Making sure that, you know, when you're running ads, of course, I'm sure everybody on here understands, you know, the policy has been to the policy, but making sure every single person that's got access to that ad account is following some kind of policy. I think the biggest aha for me through this whole process has been the too much text on images. Now, I know obviously Facebook got rid of the 20% text rule per se, but essentially it still exists. If something has more than 
you know, roughly 20% text, you get lower reach on your posts. Now, I didn't realise until we started having issues with the ad account that that also impacts on the advertiser score. So the fact that you have lots of text on an image, you're like, okay, well, it's getting less reach that, you know, it's still getting delivered. That's okay. No, it's not okay. Facebook is thinking, okay, well, these people are not delivering a good customer experience. We don't want people being shown adverts with lots and lots of text in them. They don't believe that that's a good customer experience. And so that's adding onto those negative points in your ad account. So that was a huge takeaway for me over the past month or so. One of the things that really did come out of that meeting is, and we suspected it anyway, is that the Facebook really is looking at any little thing, you know, little things now matter. I mean, we used to not really look at relevant score all that much. We didn't look at negative and positive feedback, which negative and positive feedback still, I believe, is there's not an exact science around that. But either way, Facebook is looking at every tiny little detail of your ad and trying to differentiate it versus the competition and give top billing to those ads that resonate best with the audiences that you've chosen to show that in front of. So yeah, all these little things together add up. And I think, you know, how you approach your hook, how you approach pulling in and getting interest from your cold audience obviously really matters, but it's tiny little degrees of difference. I think now that differentiates the advertiser that gets the number one spot in the auction and the one that doesn't even rank in the auction for the highest converting audiences. So all these things really do matter now. And it it came through loud and clear. The good thing is, is that they gave us an indication that coming down the line, we'll probably get maybe an early warning that some of our our ad accounts aren't doing that great. Yeah. So I I remember after the Facebook meeting, me and Ange and Vanessa were, were, we were joking about one of Vanessa's customers who has this mindset. So think of all the things that Vanessa and Angela just talked about. And their mindset is, I've got it on my page. It's getting engagement. I think this could help us. So I'm going to try and boost it. Cause And, and like maybe I'll slip one past the policy team. Well, they're probably getting like a number of disapprovals for everyone that accidentally gets through, temporarily anyway. And that mindset right there is causing a lot of problems in, in CPA land. One of the challenges in, in Vanessa communicating this to them is there's not any documentation on Facebook's website that says, hey, these disapprovals are a withdrawal from your Facebook Goodwill bank account or something like that. That's just kind of like a concept. We know it's real, but there's no way to actually see it. But one thing they were talking about is from our partner manager's team, that's something that they're pushing for because I, we're not the only ones fighting this battle. Everyone is wondering how am I being impacted and how close am I to like just falling off the cliff here, which is if you've ever had any kind of account actually banned or turned off completely, that's what happens. Like you're, you're okay, you're okay, boom, off the cliff. So coming down the line hopefully is some sort of visual indicators as far as like, hey, this, is, this account's seeing a lot of these red flags. And as an advertiser, what I would take that to mean is not only is the account maybe not in the best health, but I'm not getting the best CPAs possible because I'm taking a lot of dings as I'm going through the gauntlet here. We certainly see this from a customer perspective. They say, well, oh, that must mean that uh, pricing on Facebook is going up, which it is over time. I mean, why wouldn't it? And actually, there was a sort of a price increase that was actually mentioned in the press this past week. But I don't think that's nearly as impactful 
if that is a word. And we tend to make up words on Perpetual Traffic Podcast. So feel free to make up any words you guys want. That's not nearly as impactful, the fact that you're resonating with the audience. So all these little dings, you don't know if they're actually hurting you or helping you. So a good analogy to this, and actually sort of a sad analogy, is like when I got home from our trip, I went on an errand with one of my sons and I looked down on our you know, SUV and the gas gauge was below empty. So lo and behold, Jen, who drives an electric car, doesn't even think about gas. So it's <laughs> like, man, I got to go to the gas station. But it's like if you're running your ad account, it's almost like you're running it without that gas gauge because you don't know when you're going to go on empty. And empty means that your account is banned or you have to go into some sort of reapproval process. Thankfully, on the cars that we have, you know, and the, the gauges that we have on that car, I do have an empty gauge or a full gauge, so I know exactly how much gas I've got. But it seems as if Facebook is going to come out with some kind of measurement tool to know how close you are to the edge, how close you are to empty. And I think that will help those advertisers as well as their customers who think, hey, I can just slip one by and they won't notice to really know that, yeah, every time you get dinged, you're siphoning a little bit more gas out of the gas tank. One thing I want to emphasize here is the goal isn't to drive the car as far as you can until it runs out of gas and then get in a different car. We're going with this analogy, by the way. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) What's really happening here is all along the way, you're not just like burning gas or getting closer to the line. What's really happening is your, if you think about this back to like the auction episodes with Tweedo, is you're adding in, we don't know exactly how this gets factored in, but there was some nodding around the room like, yes, I think this is happening. This is like getting factored into your auction. So you're now coming to the table and you're automatically starting by paying more than everyone else. And, and on the flip side of this, and I think we'll talk about this at the end, we have customers who contribute a tremendous amount of value in the way of Facebook Lives and all of this stuff they're doing for the community that's all positives, and their CPAs are significantly better. Just going to drive this analogy right into the ground or off a (laughs) cliff or to the gas station. I'm not really sure where we're going on it. But (laughs) the point is, is that if you think that you're nearing empty, can you actually uh, fill up that gas tank with goodwill? You definitely can. Again, there's there's no written policy around this, but we've seen it in our client accounts, like Deacon said, doing engaging Facebook lives, engaging organic content, posting often on your Facebook page does contribute to overall lower CPAs. It just does. We see it across the, the multiple millions of dollars that we um, spend in ad spend. That just kind of goes hand in hand with Facebook lives, Make sure that they're engaging, make sure that it's full of those feel-good emotions and same thing with any boosted posts and everything. Just try to keep in mind that positive after state and get rid of those disapproved ads out of your ad account, you know, clean them up, delete them. And I'm sure that we don't have an exact time frame that you have to keep going with the good engagement, good feedback no disapprovals, but you will definitely see that in time, your whole ad account will get a nice little facelift. (laughs) (laughs) On the disapproved ads, when you're in ads manager, you go to filters, you can actually filter out for disapproved ads. That's how you find them easily if you're wondering where to get them. So up, up in the top right corner, there's a little filters button and you can scroll down to disapproved and that will show you the ads that are disapproved. 
Yeah. So you can do it in one fell swoop, which makes it super yeah. easy. So that's, mm. that's great. Uh, one more thing just to add here is just never forget that Facebook is a platform that thrives on user content, user generated content. So even Facebook watch, which is going to be sort of their reply to YouTube, Netflix, you name it, all you know, pure original content is just potentially another pathway for us advertisers to advertise on. We haven't uh, gotten access to that quite yet. But the point is, is that it's user-generated content. So Facebook Lives, boosting of posts, all these things that are just pure content that people enjoy is going to enhance the overall user experience. And it's apparent to us, you know, from our experience there, as well as you know, really sort of specific testing, which we've done where your reach for your paid ads increases the more Facebook lives you do. It makes sense because Facebook wants more of that live, you know, spontaneous user generated content because it makes the platform more engaging, keeps the users engaged, you know, keeps them on the platform so that we can advertise to them in the right way. This is a big deal. So you can reverse that empty gas tank one more time. I think that's our 10th analogy. And it's a good thing because I think there's a lot of advertisers, hopefully listening to this show, that can reverse the course of you know, potentially some uncomfortable situations with a banned ad account at some time in the future. All right, so cool. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on today. I think this is super, super helpful. Any uh, last parting words for the audience? Words of wisdom that we garnered from the Facebook trip last week regarding policy? I think for me, it's just always remember the end user. You know, think about, even though you're a business owner or a marketer, think about how you use Facebook, how you use the platform, and then deliver the experience that you would want to get when you're using it. Also, think about everything that you have running as just like a huge, bigger picture kind of thing. I think we mentioned this having an overall advertiser score and the higher your score is, you know, the easier it is to get through the auction, the better CPAs you're going to have. So just keep everything in mind as just like a collaborative approach to things. Just remember that mindset of positive afterstate in every campaign that you create. Not only is it a great way to sell, but uh, it's something that people are attracted to because that's where they want to get to and it'll get you through policy. So before you hit you know, upload in Power Editor or click the button to go live inside Ads Manager. I haven't made an ad in Ads Manager and I can't remember when. I don't know even know what the button is. Just ask yourself that question. Am I portraying a positive after state in my ads? Uh, if you're going negative on it, be very careful because policy is going to be looking at it. And that's not the type of thing that Facebook users want to see. So awesome stuff here, guys. Super appreciate you coming on the show. Um, and... Uh, you know, being all together last week in Austin, not like we didn't have any fun, all of us together, right? <laughs> Good times. We'll have some show notes here for policy as well as uh, we'll even link back to that episode way back in 2015, just for like, you know, throwback purposes here. But still a lot of the stuff inside that ad account safety checklist are relevant today. Definitely look at Facebook policy, add it to your favorites. We'll put a link in the show notes for that. This is episode 127. So make sure you check out all those resources at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 127. Thanks, Vanessa, Angela, Deacon for coming on the show. You guys really brought it here today. And we will talk to you all next week. 
You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Grant, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.